Hello, this is Sophie Lawson from sophielawson.com and this is episode 151 of the Sophie Art Podcast, which is a little podcast that I do about the art and things with the co-host little Dennis, who is with us today. And what we're doing today is we're going to be looking at a little book, a tiny little book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And this is a guide to spiritual enlightenment. So I got told about this book probably about two years ago, I think. Yeah, somebody told me about this book a couple of years ago and I bought it straight away and it sat on my bookshelf for about a year, a year and a half. And then about four months ago, I started reading it and I finished it about a month ago. So I'm going to basically just talk about it. It's kind of like a little review, really, I suppose. But that book is not just the power of now. It is the power. It is a powerful book. <laughs> it really is. So little Dennis is with us. And he's excited for this. Little Kitty. Well, let's, let, let's do this. Dying. <laughs> little Dennis, he started it. Oh, that was a weird one. Little Kitty and Dennis are kissing. Don't know what they're doing. Very weird, these puppets are today. But, well, little Dennis and Kitty's in their little house now. You can see them if you watch the podcast as a video on youtube.com slash Sophie Lawson. And I'll also put show notes, I think, in the in the description of the video and stuff. But, well, I'll put a link as well to Eckhard Tolle's website. And he's also got a YouTube channel, which I've, I've started watching that. He's quite amazing, actually. He, uh, for me, Muji is probably the most powerful person in the world, I think, Muji. And Eckhard Tolle, he's, he's right up there as well. Both of these people have got what they've got is i think they have they have basically separated themselves from an entanglement with their thoughts so i think most of us what happens is we've got thoughts in our head these thoughts come in and we sort of attach to them and then what happens is if you attach to the thoughts it's almost like you get taken off and you get taken into the illusion basically very much like a lucid dream if you get taken in by the dream you, you lose your lucidity it's the same thing in the waking state. So I think Eckhart Tolle and Muji, what they've got, what they've got is they are, they are inside of the illusion, but they're completely free from it. So it's powerful. So what I do on this is what I've got no notes for this one. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to read. I'm going to read the back of it, so we know what the book's about. And then as I was reading it, I'll talk about my little story with this book, and then I'll go through it because as I was reading it, I was marking off like quotes and stuff so i'll just if there's i'll just read through all the little things that i thought was quite powerful at the time but on the back of the book it says open yourself to the transforming experience of the power of now hugely successful and internationally best-selling author eckhard tolly guides us through a challenging but extraordinarily rewarding journey to find the power of now we, th- we learn that we can find our way out of psychological pain. Authentic human, pa- it says, authentic human power is found by surrendering to the now. The silence, the silence, and space all around us is one of the keys to entering inner space. The silence and space all around us, just like a drawing with the negative space. There was something that happened last night, and I thought it. Oh yeah, so I was watching this. I was watching a podcast last night before bed about lucid dreaming. I'll put that in the show, in the in the in the links as well, the description and stuff. It was a it was with um, 
Oh, I've forgotten his name. There's this bloke and Dr. Claire Johnson. They was having this really deep, powerful med- um, exp- interview about lucid dreaming. And they were talking about the void. Which is what happens is, when you get really deep into... Well, in a lucid dream, you, you sometimes find yourself in the void, which is darkness. And also, you can get there with meditations and stuff. <laughs> but the thing... Well, the thing was, they were talking about this void... And they were saying that the void sounds quite negative. And then they said that you can say you can call it emptiness as well. Like Buddhas and stuff, they call it Buddhism calls it the, the emptiness. But I thought to myself, the best way to describe it, because the thing is, if you think about emptiness, you think it's empty. So there can't be nothing in it. If you think about the void, it sounds like it's empty. There can't be nothing in it. For me, the best way to think about it is is with a canvas, like a painting. So but if you think of the void as a canvas, what you think, what you realise is the canvas is, is empty, but it's got all of the potential of a painting. Any painting can be put onto that canvas. So I feel like to me, the best way to look at the void is, with a, is to, to visualise it as a canvas. And then the thing that's amazing is you can then look at all of the experiences of life well, basically, all possibilities exist inside of the void. The thing is, you can look at it as like paint is the way that things manifest on the canvas. <laughs> That's, I thought that was quite cool. I like that. So he's saying here about like the silence is all around us. It says, in the now, the present moment, problems do not exist. In the now, we discover that we are already complete and perfect. Which, if you've been watching my videos about the psychedelic experience i drew this grid with a in the middle was a balance and all around it is all possibilities it's basically it's all about finding balance and the funny thing is you, you it's like what you said here we discovered that we are already complete and perfect what's happening is we as humans we're spending our whole life trying to find balance when the funny thing is we are already in balance <laughs> so it's almost like we're going all around the houses trying to find ourselves when really we're already there it's weird actually muji says something about that who was it muji quoted somebody he said muji said i'm gonna i'm gonna get this wrong now but muji said something like you spend your whole life knocking on the door waiting for it to open only to realize you were on the inside already <laughs> it's something like that I'll, i have to find that quote it's amazing that quote the way he says it is brilliant. So basically, what's happened is you, you're, you're spending your whole life trying to get into this door because you want to get inside, but you don't realise if you just stop knocking and have a look around, you realise you're actually already inside. <laughs> it's quite funny. So and that's it, basically. So this one here, let's get into it. Well, what did I think about this book? The thing is, I thought it was amazing. What I loved about it was it set out as like an interview type thing. So what you've got is the whole book, it's, it's almost like I would say most of it is half a page, half a page of things. So it's a beautiful book to read before bed, because let's say you've only got two minutes before bed. You can just open this up, read a tiny little bit and go back to it and go to sleep. So it's really, it's a very, it's a very good book for reading in bite sized chunks. But the other thing is you could just read it all at once if you wanted. So, like, for instance, the thing here is, it, is the thing here it says, let the breath take you into the body. And then what happens is, so I love this, it's almost like he's, 
it's almost like this book is written as if somebody's inside of a meditation you, or no what's it called um what are they called like uh, retreats or something you know when you go to like a retreat and you've got like the the master on the stage and people are asking questions just like muji this is what the book's out so you've got people asking questions and then Eckhart Tolle will answer it. So, for instance, the question here says, At times, when my mind has been very active, it has acquired such momentum that I find it impossible to take my pe- my attention away from it and feel the inner body. This happens particularly when I get into a worry or anxiety pattern. Do you have any suggestions? So then that's it, and then he answers it. So what he says is, he says, if at any time you are finding it hard to get in touch with the inner body, it is usually... There's something about that when it's usually easier to focus on your breathing first. Conscious breathing, which is a powerful meditation in its own right, will gradually put you in touch, will gradually put you in touch with the body. Follow the breath with your attention as it moves in and out of your body. Breathe into the body and feel your abdominal expanding and contracting slightly with each inhalation and exhalation. If you find it but easy to visualise, close your eyes and see yourself surrounded by light or or immense in a luminous substance, a sea of consciousness. Then breathe in that light, feel that luminous substance filling up your body and making it luminous also. Then gradually focus more on the feeling. You are now in your body. Don't get attached to any visual image. Because, yeah, that's like a dream as well. If you get attached to a visual image in a dream, that's where you lose your lucidity. So it's brilliant, this is. And that's what the books, most of the book is like that. Questions and answers. It's brilliant. I love it. I just thought of something else here as well. Last night on that video, talking about lucid dreaming... They said that, again, when you go deep, 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 it was quite funny because what they said was that there's the void and there's also the light. So what we really are is this is this light, basically just light, which is inside of the void, <laughs> which sounds funny because that's sort of like a paradox. Oh, they said two, minutes, two things I want to say here. In my psychedelic experience, I said I couldn't see anything. It was just darkness. But at one moment, I felt the presence of like fear and, and a negative energy approaching. And it, and it visually looked like a darkness within the darkness. Well, what they said on that podcast was, what they said was, you, you, can, have, you can have black light. So that's what that was. It was black light, which sounds crazy. But and it's really hard to imagine it as well. But when you see it, it's re- weird. You're, all you're seeing is complete darkness, but inside of that darkness, you can see like a uh, you can see darkness forming inside of the darkness. Really weird. But the thing that I wanted to say about was, so he's talking here about imagining this luminous light. So what they said on that on that lucid dreaming podcast was, they said that we are really light, and they said that everything is made of light. Everything is made of light. And then what I thought to myself was, it's very strange this, in a, in, a, in the dream realm, if you put light switches on and off, nine times out of ten they don't work. So there's something going on, that's what normally makes me become lucid. So what I thought to myself was, isn't it a bit weird, and it can't be a coincidence that 
everything is made of light, but it's it's light switches don't work. So that's a bit weird that. And then I thought to myself, I started thinking, is it because it's like imagine everything is made of Lego bricks. A Lego brick can't make a Lego brick. It's like that's like it's like it, that, it's impossible for a Lego brick to make a Lego brick. A Lego brick can only make things out of Lego bricks. So I thought, is it possible that the dream is made of light? So it's impossible for it's impossible for a dream to make light when it's actually light itself. Something like that. What I want to do is I, I really want to. This is like a question I would like to ask Robert Wagner and, or even Claire Johnson or something. I'd like to uh, I'd like to ask them. Oh, I added I had the name of that bloke there. Something Hollard, Andrew Hol Andrew Holcheck, I think he's called Andrew Holcheck and Dr Claire Johnson. It was. I would like to ask them. Why do you think it is that lights don't work in lucid dreams? <laughs> I'm going off topic a bit, but it's because it's all linked together. That's what I'm noticing. Everything is linked together. The dream realm, the waking state, it's all it's all the same thing. The mind and the physical, it's all the same thing. This is why the power of now is so powerful. Because you can actually use the power of now at any moment. You can use it in the, in the waking state. You can also use it in a dream state as well. Basically, the power of now means becoming lucid, really. Because you have to become lucid in the, in the waking state as well. <laughs> a bit weird. So the contents of this book is we've got a preface, a preface, a foreword, acknowledgements, and then we've got an introduction. Then we've got chapter one, you are not your mind. It says the greatest obstacle to enlightenment freeing yourself from the mind enlightenment rising above thought emotion the body's reaction to your mind and then we got chapter two is called consciousness the way out of pain and this, this one talks about create no more pain in the present past pain dissolving the pain body ego identification with the pain body the origin of fear the ego search for wholeness chapter three Moving deeply into the now. And it says, don't seek yourself in the mind. End the delusion of time. Nothing exists outside the now. The key to the spiritual dimension. I love that. Accessing the power of the now. Letting go of psychological time. The insanity of psychological time. Negativity and suffering have their roots in time. Finding the life underneath your life sub situation. All problems are illusions of the mind. I love that. That is what I really found in this psychedelic experience. Yeah, fear is an illusion. What's happening is you, you, you're, what fear is, is you're afraid of, you're afraid of fear. <laughs> yeah, in other words, you're not really afraid of anything. What you're afraid of is the thing that you're afraid of. What I mean is, you're, you're afraid of fear. So you're creating the fear, and that you're creating the thing that you're afraid of. It's weird. It's, that's it. The mind is just creating the fear, and then you're becoming scared of the thing that you've just created. Because, like, for instance, if you start thinking, oh, something bad might happen in the future, that hasn't happened. So what's happened there is you're afraid of something that you've created in your mind. It's weird. 
So the other chapters we've got, chapter four, mind strategies for avoiding the now. And then he's got loads of things for that. Chapter five, the state of presence. Chapter six, the inner body. Chapter seven, portals into the unmanifested. I love that. He even talks here about dreamless sleep. Talks about space, the true nature of space and time. The source of chi, which is like the, well, chi to me, I look at that now as light. It's the energy. It's the energy. You could even look at that as like chi. What's it also called? Prana. Prana, chi. I feel like that's like the, you would look at, I would look at that as like the building blocks of, of like physical things. Chapter eight is called Enlightenment, Enlightened Relationships. I like that. Oh, that's another thing. This book is very practical. It's talking about all these really deep sort of um, spiritual things. And well, some of it is definitely, some of it you have to read a few times, definitely. And I would even say some of it, you probably don't really understand it. Yeah. But the thing is, what happens is you do understand it. You just don't realise you understand it. I think what happens is your subconscious is understanding it, but you're you're consciously not understanding some of it. Well, what I love is it's talking about all these really deep topics and stuff, but it's keeping it very practical. <laughs> yeah, very practical. I love that. Chapter nine is called Beyond Happiness and Unhappiness There is Peace. And then the final chapter, chapter 10, The Meaning of Surrender. I love that as well. And that's basically it. So, well, what I do is, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to, I'm going to go through my little things that I've p- pulled off. Little, because what I do is, as I'm reading books, if I read something and I think, oh, that's really powerful, I put these little stickers on it, because then I can go back and read it. It's just like a, like little bookmark things really. <laughs> but what I also loved about this book was, I started reading it. it. Took me about three months to finish it. I finished it about a month ago. And what happened was I thought this was brilliant. The the night I finished the night I finished it was the day before I did my psychedelic experience. I just thought that was a cool little coincidence. So here's some little things I've I've marked off in this thing. It says even if the voice is relevant to the situation at hand, it will interpret it in terms of the past. This is this is because the voice belongs to your con- conditioned mind which is the result of all your past history as well as all as well as of the collective culture cultural mindset you inherited ah oh, what i liked about this bit was he's talking about conditioning which is something i've noticed so all the things i'm struggling with like some of it is like self acceptance self worth self worth and also what is it it is self worth and so all the things, all the little things that I'm struggling with, when I really look at it, I realise what's happened is it's conditioning. So what happens is, throughout your life, especially as you're growing up, your parents especially, but the whole world is telling you things. And it, what it's doing is it, it keeps telling you these things, which are lies really, not necessarily lies. Well, all they are is they're just an opinion. What happens is, if you believe these opinions, they become truths. So then what happens is, later on in your life, you're trying to do something which goes against that opinion, which you now believe. 
so what now happens is you've got to basically undo that conditioning that's why it's so hard that's why it's so hard to change things that's probably why little kids that i said i think to myself if, if kids if kids were brought into the world meditating that'd be amazing because they would be if if they would be free to make up their own mind so it's quite cool another thing i've put, pulled off here is well the question was so observing our emotions is an import is as important as observing our thoughts and this is what he said it's only a little thing he said yes make it a habit to ask yourself what's going in what's going on inside me at this moment that question will point you in the right direction don't analyze just watch focus your attention within feel the energy of the emotion if there is no emotion present Take your attention more deeply into the inner energy field of your body. It is the doorway into being. I thought that was quite cool. What I liked about this was a little, little simple question. All you've got to do is ask yourself, what's going on inside me at this moment? Again, this is how it's practical. It's very practical. Simple. And this book is full of things like that. Little, simple little tips. I don't think I'm going to be able to read all of these things, but what's, what's this here, look? Accept, then act. Whatever the present moment contains, accept it as if you had chosen it. Always work with it, not against it. Make it your friend and ally, not your enemy. This will... What's it say? This will miraculously transform your whole life. Yeah. Quite cool. There's loads of stuff in here. This is the power of now. The power of your own conscious presence. Uh, look at this look then the, then the chronological condition of fear it is, is is divorced from any concrete here we go look he's talking about fear I think, yeah the origins of fear he says he says it comes in many forms unease worry anxiety nervousness tension dread phobia and so on this kind of psychological fear is always of something that might happen not of something that is happening now you are in the here and now while your mind is in the in the future this creates an anxiety gap and if you are if you are identified with your mind and have lost touch with the power and simplicity of the now that anxiety gap will be your constant companion again what i love is what i love is about this all, all of this stuff here is it's all in your mind it's all in your mind so what's beautiful about that is no matter what happens, no matter what happens, if you can just bring yourself back to the centre, you can regain control. It's a little bit like that thing I, I talked about on another podcast about it. To me, it feels like we're in a spaceship, and we are like in the, we are sat in the middle. We've got you've got three seats in a spaceship. You're sat in the middle. Really, you're just observing. You've got these two other pilots here, a negative one and a positive one. What's happened is the negative one, a thought. Is basically the negative one trying to steer the spaceship over here, and what happens is if you're if you just if you let the, if you let him do what he wants, the spaceship's going to go over here. So what you've got to do is you've got to be mindful of what's happening. <laughs> you've got to be mindful of what that what that co-pilot's doing, which is which is thoughts, and you can reset. You can take controls again. I love that. You are right. You can never touch that point because you are. Uh, some of these things are out of context now but 
There we go, look. So it is essential to bring more consciousness into your life in ordinary situations when everything is going relatively smoothly. Yeah, that is a powerful one, that. That's like in lucid dreaming as well. Like Robert Wagner, he says, what you do is, when you're, before you go to bed, you say, tonight in my dreams, I see my hands and realise I'm dreaming. You're doing it when you're not when you're not dreaming. So that when you're dreaming, you've got more chance of doing it. What he's, what he's doing here is, he's talking about, basically creating it making it a habit to be more to be more conscious in your life even when it's in ordinary situations because the thing is what i've noticed is if nothing bad is happening if your mind is not doing crazy things it's much easier to just sort of not do anything but the thing then is that when the mind starts being negative with the thoughts and stuff if you haven't practiced being in, in in the in the present it's going to be much easier it's going to be more probability that you're going to get taken in by the thought whereas if when there is no thought negative thought if you're saying if you're keeping yourself present what happens then is you're building up the habit and we again like what Lee Ammon says repetition is the key to learning so what you want to do is you want to be present even when everything is all, all beautiful in that. <laughs> it's quite cool. Recognise negativity is never the optimum optimum way of dealing with any situation. In fact, in most cases, it keeps you stuck in it, blocking real change. Look at this. Look. Anything that is done with negative energy will become contaminated by it, and in time, give rise to more pain, more unhappiness. Goes into my grid again. It's that thing of Basically, if you're, it's entanglement. This is all about entanglement. The power of now is about being, basically it's about being unentangled from anything. Because what happens is if, if a negative thought comes in and you focus on it and you believe it's real and you, you attach to it, you become entangled with it. It's quite quite amazing really. <laughs> what else have we got? Watch this. It says... Oh, here we go, look. Darkness cannot recognise light. Darkness cannot recognise light. Only light can recognise light. So don't believe that the light is outside you or that it... Yeah, look at that. How cool is that? That means we are the light. Here we go. Oh, this is cool. So don't believe that the light is outside you or that it can only come through any particular form if only if only your master is an incarnation of god then who are you any kind of exclusivity is identification with form and identification with form means ego no matter how well disguised that's something else i've talked about before as well the mind is really sneaky it's very sneaky i feel like the mind knows you better than you know yourself so it, it knows how to sort of what it can do is it can, what I've noticed is it, it can sort of um, appear as positive things when really it's negative. So that's why that's why you need the power of now to, to really see through this sort of sneakiness of the mind, I suppose. Here's another one. Look. It says, what I'm doing is I'm just reading out little quotes so you get an idea of what the book's like. But it says, this is one reason why most people are always trying to escape from the present moment 
and are seeking some kind of salvation in the future. So what's this all about? The first thing that they might encounter if they focus their attention on the now is their own pain. And this is what they fear. If they only knew how easy it is to access in, access in the now, the power of presence that dissolves the past and its pain. The reality that dissolves the illusion. If they only knew how close they are to their own reality, how close to God. He uses words, the word God and stuff, but he does say about how that word is, is just a word. It's just a label. So I thought I was quite... I like that. That is definitely something that I think is very important for me. Especially in like the med meditation. What I notice is a lot. I get in my own, I get in my own way. It's quite hard though, because what, what you got to do is... Like in, in meditations, what you've got to do is you've got to let... You've got to let go. But what happens is you start... You start... Because you know you've got to let go, you start trying to let go. So you st you're trying to let go when the way to let go is to not try to let go. <laughs> See, you end up in this sort of... You end up in... Well, and I've been in that for quite a while now. What's happened is I'm I'm sort of... When I'm when I'm meditating a lot lately, I'm sort of getting in my own way because I'm I'm trying to let go, but trying to let go is stopping me from letting go. <laughs> but you think you think to yourself, I've got to, I've got to try to let go, and if you try to not if you try to not if you try to not try to let go, you're still trying, you're still trying to try not to. Do you see what I mean? So it's almost like it's almost like you get to a point where you sort of think that this is impo it's impossible to let go. The only time you let go is when you don't try to let go. So it's almost like it's weird. It's weird. It is. It's a it's a paradox that is. So it's, it's a really big paradox that. Oh, look at this one here. I'll read this whole thing here. So the question is. When you become this detached, does it not mean that you also become remote from other beings? And this is what he, this is his answer. It says, on the contrary, as long as long as you are an unaware of being, the reality of other humans will elude you, because you will because you have not found your own. Your mind will like or dislike their form, which is not just their body, but includes their mind as well. True, true relationship becomes possible only when there is an awareness of being. Coming from being, you will perceive another person's body and mind as just a screen, as it were, behind which you can feel their true identity as you feel yours. So when confronted with someone else's suffering or unconsciousness, unconscious behaviour, you stay present and in touch with being and are thus, are thus able to look beyond the form and feel the other person's radiant and pure being through your own. At the level of being, all suffering is, is recognised as an illusion. Suffering is due to identification with form. Miracles of healing sometimes occur through this realisation, but awakening being consciousness in others is there if, if they are ready. Here, I'll read that again. Suffering is due to identification with form. Miracles of healing 
sometimes occur through this realisation by awakening being consciousness in others if they are ready. I like that. The thing I thought about here was... Wait a minute, where was it? <laughs> oh, yeah. this. So, basically, the question was, when you become this detached... Because what happens is, when, when you're in the present moment, he's talking about how you, you, you're not attached to anything. And he was talking about, like, people who are suffering... You're no longer, you're not, you're not sort of crying for them. You're just observing it. And the, the person kept ask, kept the person kept thinking, but it doesn't make me not compassionate because I'm not crying for them. But he's, he's basically talking about how it's actually the opposite. And what I, what made me, what that made me think of was again, in the dream realm, what happens is you think, well, if I'm going to spend all my time in the lucid dreams, you think to yourself, am I not going to end up becoming super detached in the waking state because I'm almost sort of like going into the dream? As it, because what happens is you start realising the dream is more real than the physical. So you would think, well, doesn't that mean that you would end up becoming detached from the, from the waking state? But actually the opposite happens. Because what happens is you start realising that the waking state is also a dream. So what happens is... The more you go into what what I've noticed is the more you go into the dream realm, the more you wake up in the waking state. <laughs> it's quite funny, and he's basically saying the same thing here. The more present you become, you're you're going to become more detached from attaching to suffering. But the funny thing is that will actually make you more attached. It's quite weird. Yeah, he's talking about the nature of compassion. He said, having gone beyond, beyond the mind-made opposites, you become like a deep lake. The outer situations of your life and whatever happens there is the surface of the lake, sometimes calm, sometimes windy and rough, according to the cycles and seasons. Deep down, however, however the lake is always undisturbed. You are the whole lake, not just the surface. Uh, you are, and you are in touch with your own depth, which, which remains absolutely still. You don't resist cha change by mentally clinging to any situations. It's cool, this is. Yeah. You, can, you can enjoy them, play with them, create new forms, appreciate their beauty, but there is no need to attach yourself to any of them. It's quite cool, this. What else is this? Look. The world is as it appears to us now. The world as it appears to us now. The world as it appears to us now is, as I said, largely a reflection of the egoic mind. Fear being an unavoidable consequence of egoic delusion. It is a world dominated by fear, just as the images in in a dream sim dream are symbols of inner states and feelings. So our collective reality is largely a symbolic expression of fear and of the high, heavy layers of negativity that have accumulated in the collective human psyche. This is brilliant. So this even goes into like how basically what's happened. What I'm thinking is, I'm thinking this reality is some sort of, is some sort of, some, is some sort of interconnected dream. It's almost like the dreams are... I don't know, it, but it feels a bit like our minds are separate, but all connected. So, and this physical reality is is 
is a dream for all of us at the same time but we're all in it differently oh. I don't know it's weird I love that though we're getting right I'm going to read the last one I think so the last the last little thing I put a little sticker on was <laughs> look at this look when there is no way out there is still always a way through so don't turn away from the pain face it feel it fully feel it don't think about it express it if necessary but don't create a script in your mind around it give all your attention to the feeling not to the person event or situation that seems to have caused it don't let the mind use the pain to create a victim identity for yourself out of it feeling sorry for yourself and telling others your story will keep you stuck in suffering since it is impossible to get away from the feeling the only possibility of change is to move into it, otherwise nothing will shift. And I'll keep bringing up lucid dreaming and stuff, but that sounds just like what Robert Wagner says. Robert Wagner, lucid dreaming expert, what he says is, he says, go towards the energy. So if you're in a dream and a big monster comes, is, is, if a big scary monster is coming towards you in a dream, what you want to do is you, you either want to hide or run away. But he says, go towards it. Go towards it. You can transcend it. He's saying the same thing here. In the waking state. When you're feeling pain. So for me. One way I know that I tried to get away from pain and stuff is. Well it used to be video games. When I, when I was. When I wasn't. When I, when I was still living as Kevin. And I, and I hadn't accepted myself as Sophie. And I, and I was feeling shame and guilt and stuff about being transgender. What would happen is one of the ways I was running away from that feeling instead of facing it was playing video games. <laughs> what I did was I got myself addicted to video games. I play them like 12 hours a day every day. All I did really was go to work, sleep and play video games. And when I was at work, I was I was listening to podcasts and stuff talking about video games. So it was what, so what happened was inside of me, I could hear this voice saying about being transgender and you've got to face it so I tried to run away from it it's the same what Robert Wagner says go go towards it so the day when I finally faced it you, you set yourself free from it which is weird because you think you, you think if I face it I'm gonna I can't handle it the thing is if you never face it that's you not being able to handle it it's only when you face it that you can handle it so what you've got to do is what I think you can do is, well, what I did was experiments. I did, I, I turned my life into a series of experiments. <laughs> I still do this as well. Little baby, little baby steps as well. Yeah, little baby steps. Because what I've noticed is most of our fears are these massive things. Like my fear at the moment, interviewing guests on a podcast. I can feel I'm getting closer to that one. But like that still feels like such a massive thing. But that's my mind. So I know what's going on. This is another thing. You can read this book and you can you can sort of understand the power of now. But to actually live by it is a different thing. That's the thing I've noticed. Yeah. But the thing is, as long as you're trying your best. Yeah, as long as you're trying your best, you're going to do it in the end. 
yeah, as long as you're trying your best, you'll, do, you'll get there in the end. I know you do. <laughs> so that's cool. That's basically it, really. I hope that sort of... I hope that was of interest. But there's so, there's so many more notes in this book that I love. Because this book is just full of wisdom. And, and again, what I feel like is I feel like you could... You could open this book on any page and it would be full of something amazing. Watch this. I've just opened it, but yeah, look. Being can be felt as the ever-present I am that is beyond name and form. To feel and thus to know that you are and to abide in that deeply rooted state is enlightenment, is the truth that Jesus says will make you free. <laughs> I love that. Free from what? Some, the person asked. And he says, free from the illusion that you are nothing more than your physical body and your mind. This illusion of the self, as the Buddha calls it, is the core error, free from fear in its countless disguises as the inevitable consequence of your illusion. The fear that, the fear that is your constant tormentor as long as you derive your sense of self only from this e-p-h-e-m-e-r-a-l, ephemeral and vulnerable form, and free from sin, which is the suffering your unconsciousness inflict on yourself and others, as long as this illusory sense of self governs what you think, say and do. This again goes into my psychedelic experience. Because what it said was everything is an illusion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's cool. So that's basically it, really. I hope you enjoyed that. Little Dennis, he certainly kept quiet on that one. And I feel a bit like I went all over the place, but I feel like that's the best way to do it, really. Basically, that, that book is amazing. I, I feel like everyone should read this book. Everyone should read this book, and I think everyone will get something out of it. Even if you don't realise you're getting something out of it, I think you will get something out of it. And it also strikes me as a book that I will continue reading. It strikes me as a book that I, I, will, I will read it every so often. Because I feel like you're never gonna, you're never gonna learn, you're never gonna stop learning from this book. Basically, boing. <laughs> Little Dennis has said it's it's time to go f for now. I hope you enjoyed that. Also, I've got something amazing here. My mum told me about this. So my cousin, his girlfriend, his wife. <laughs> what she does is, she drinks a hot lemon. No, she doesn't. She slices a lemon puts it in a glass of water so my mum told me about this and I started trying to do it it tastes so nice and refreshing and apparently it detoxes your body or something but I love lemons I think they're cool I've also got me hot chocolate as well I need to have a little slap of that I think I shouldn't have done that <laughs> that went down the wrong, wrong hole also what I love about hot chocolate is you get little moustaches. Mm. <laughs> so basically that is it for this one. And all that's left is this week's little inspirational quote. And what have we got? <clears throat> I think the quote, I'm going to put it onto this one. Yeah, I'm going to put, put this. This is this week's little inspirational quote. When there is no way out, there is still always a way through. So don't turn away from the pain. Face it. Feel it fully. Feel it. Don't think about it. 
How cool is that? This speaks to inspirational quote. When there is no way out, there is still always a way through. So don't turn away from the pain. Face it. Feel it fully. Feel it. Don't think about it. Eckhard Tolle. <laughs> Tolle. <laughs> Eckhard Tolle. Mm. Oh, see, that's lovely.